When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This live edition of the Uptempo Podcast starts right now. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. Yes, sir. What's up, Auburn family? I'm your host, Dustin Smith, joined as always by my guy, Blake Lane. Special guest tonight, Jake Crane, in the building to talk some Auburn football. We're excited to have everybody here with us, man. First off, Blake, how are you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing good, Dustin. I'm glad to be here, man. A bye week, so no Auburn football. A little bummed out about that, but the rest of the slate is uh, it's jam up, so I'm excited for another weekend, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jake, how are you, brother? Doing good, man. Uh, we got football starting on Wednesday this week, so uh, just got to make it through. Uh, make it through tonight. And we got ball tomorrow. Jacksonville State, man, yeah. in-state team, four and one. Crazy win last week. Got a uh, good one in Murfreesboro tomorrow night. Okay, is it, is it Maxion time? Because you're talking Sun Belt teams. Is Max no, uh, Conference right? USA. Conference USA tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Remember Jacksonville State? Uh, yes, yeah, their first year. Yep, yep, man. They're four and one, and man, that game last week is. I had Jacksonville State minus six and a half, how that covered. If you watch that San Houston State game, if you're a degenerate like me, then that was absolute, absolutely nuts. Yeah, Jake, what's crazy is uh, I was praying for the coin flip in overtime. Dude. That Jack would get the ball first. One, one of my dogs, I consider him our, my lucky dog. And so I was just sitting there rubbing his belly the whole time on that last drive. Yeah. So he got he got a couple extra pepperonis that night for sure. <laughs> Love that. Well, Jake, uh, man, we'll get right into it, uh, and and I'll lead things off with this Auburn defense, Jake. Uh, I know everything that happened in the fourth quarter with the Bauer stuff. I, I, I you know, it is what it is. But I want to talk about Ron Roberts, man, and how do you think he has done on the job through the first five games uh, going into the bye week with how he has constructed this defense. Man, I think he's done just about all he could do. Um, you know, you, you look at, at Auburn, really, this team, the defense has kept him in a lot of a lot of these games and given him a chance. I mean, going back to Cal, you know, he didn't score any points against Stanford in the first half, and the defense was able to shut him out. Uh, and then in a and I mean, we all saw that. Hell, the defense scored more than the offense. So I, I think, again, working with what he has, w- without Auburn being able to get a true pass rush with four guys, the way he's constructed this defense and – you know, I made the comment after the game, uh, you know, against Georgia, there was a couple of adjustments I thought they could have made late at the end. But outside of that, I think he's pitched a perfect game, man, to be honest with you. Mm. What's the one player on the defense that you think is playing himself uh, up the draft boards? Mm. Man, you know, I, I think there's a couple guys. Eugene Asante has obviously got to be the first one. I think he played himself onto the draft boards. He's going to play himself into the senior bowl. Uh, what he's able to do just from a versatility standpoint, he always seems – to be around the ball. Some guys, you know, within the role that you're playing, within the scheme of the defense, they find themselves around the ball. And it seems like every time Auburn has a big play, he's involved in it. And then, you know, Jalen Simpson's an NFL player. We can talk about DJ James, who's an NFL player, but but Jalen Simpson, man, you could see the big drop-off when he went out against Georgia uh, and you had to go to the backup. I mean, there was a really – I think he graded out like 94 96%, something like that. But, um, you know, I, I was expecting a little bit more – Adam McAllister um, and, and some of these pass rushers. I wish we could find a way to kind of get Falk more involved in, in the pass rush, but uh, there's been a few guys. I mean, this Auburn defense as a whole, you know, playing as a unit, and they're, they've are they been out in the field a lot. I mean, they, in these games, they've had to play a ton of snaps. I mean, you go back to that AM game, it seemed like they were on the field the whole game. Uh, and then against Georgia, you know, we were able to shut them down early, and then at the end with some of the injuries and, and Brock Bowers, you know, stepping out of the phone booth and putting the cape on, uh, you know, I think a couple guys have really played themselves up the board a little bit. How big, even though we lost, even though we lost Saturday, how big of a, a momentum boost was that for Auburn, Jake? Well, look, you know, and, and I've I've gone on multiple shows and said it on, on my show that you never want to accept losing, right? The standard at Auburn, losing is not something that, that is okay, but you also have to accept reality and, and be present where your feet are. 
And when you look at where Auburn is in the development process, I mean, this is the worst team that Hugh Freeze is going to have. Mm-hmm. And he was able to go to, is this the best Georgia team we've seen in the past three years? No. But from a personnel standpoint, they are light years ahead of where Auburn is. And I thought the coaches, from a game plan standpoint, the players just gutting it out, you know, leaving everything uh, on the field. Uh, but the biggest thing, obviously, goes to recruiting, right? It's one thing if you get beat by three scores and you're going to recruits like, hey, we need you and you and you and you and you to do this. But when you when you play in a tight game like that, it hits a lot different when you go to that recruit, to that Ryan Williams, to that, that Cam Coleman, to these guys and say, look, we're one playmaker away. You go to that pass rusher. We're one playmaker away. We're you away from not competing but beating – Georgia like that 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 carries a lot of weight because it's true and and seeing where the program is now kind of the hope that's in the program and again it rips your guts out when you lose right I I get that but you got to be able to see the beach through the forest and you can also still be critical right I I think that's something we can't lose that there's times where you don't have to sit and say oh well just everything's okay everything's perfect you can still be critical but in the grand scheme of things Auburn is on the right track and they're in really good hands Hmm what I love to hear. Dustin? Yeah, Jake, you were talking about linebackers there and talking about just how good of a job Ron Roberts is doing. Let's talk about Josh Aldridge a second. How impressed were you with just how – I mean, because I don't know if Larry Nixon has come off the field these last two games. So there's not a lot of bodies there. I talk about recruiting and the – speak specifically on the uh, development of the guys that were already in the room. It seems like these guys are getting better, man. Yeah, they are. And, and look, he'll tell you that they're not a, a – finished product yet you really never are the real ones know they really never are but it seems to me that they are playing faster which means it's slowing down for them uh now you do have some veterans right that that have played in that group that that understand what they're seeing but it seems like the group as a whole they're getting to the spot i mean you had one play last week where larry nixon just waited on the cutback just sat there and waited it played it uh which means that they're not false stepping nearly as much um, that they're taking good angles to the ball. They're being patient, but violent and explosive to the ball. And, and I like the way the group is tackling right now. And, and when you have, you know, Auburn's defensive line, I think is, is doing a really good, about as, as good a job as they could possibly do with, with the athletes that they have. But there's been times where that defensive line's getting pushed back into those linebackers, and they're still finding ways to get guys down, whether that be, you know, basically tripping them up with your arms or fighting through the traffic or getting through the trash to be able to get there. I think that's helped really turn this Auburn run defense into the strength. I know the secondary's got the best personnel, right? I I know they're beat up, but this Auburn run defense has held up a lot better, and that's a group effort, right? The linebackers make the D-line right. That's typically how it works out. The D-line hopefully makes it easier for the linebackers eating double teams, not letting them climb off combos and things like that. So I think I think they're seeing it. Um, they're not taking false steps, which is huge in, in any position you play in football. But they're getting better, it seems like, each week. And, and the amount of snaps that they played, I go back to that again, that is not an easy position to play a lot of snaps. Um, did you check DJ Barber out Thursday? Dude, I mean, it was it was, it was funny. Um, you know, when uh, you're talking about on, uh, on social yeah. – yeah, Clay Chalkville played uh, – they played Thompson yeah, Thursday. Yeah, DJ Barber was just all over the field. I'm looking at that like Josh Aldridge gets a hold of this guy. It's going to oh, be – Oh, for sure. I mean, there's a couple guys out there too. Just wait. It's coming, right? It's coming. But but you can only cook with, with the ingredients that you have right, right now. And, again, I'll go back to this is the most deficient personnel team that Auburn will have uh, going into the future. Imagine having this coaching staff with guys that are, that are on an equal playing field or more – um, with the teams that they're playing against. That, that's that's a good thought. To get. That's why I told people during these games, make sure you have that commit list up. Yeah. And you can go back and look at it. Because every time, you know, you're feeling down or it's not going great, just take a look at that commit list. Look at the guys that Auburn's on and leading for. And I can't say anything, but there's a couple surprises that are coming down the pipe that I don't think mm-hmm. people are really, uh, uh, really grasping yet. And that's by mm-hmm. design. So don't yeah. be shocked if you hear some big news here in a couple weeks. I like that, Jake. Mm. Uh, so when you, you put a guy like Demarcus Riddick and you say, huh, maybe that guy can guard the Bowers, huh? Yeah. Well, there's a couple guys there. K.J. Bolden could have stepped on the field and played the other night. Like hey. K.J. Bolden right now. <laughs> like, And you see that. You see their reaction. You see Ryan Williams' reaction. Mm. Those guys know. they can. You can't fool them. Like, they can tell. They can look out on that field and tell. That's what was so important. There Sometimes in games like this and situations like this, there are small wins 
in a loss. And you you want the big win because there's big wins in a big win, but there are also small wins in a loss the way it went down against Georgia. Yes, sir. So, Jake, we're sitting here at the bye week. Um, I think three and two, anybody reasonable kind of expected that we would be sitting right here. What is something, though, that you would like the staff, uh, Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery, to kind of work on offensively this week? Because I think we can come away from these five games and say, okay, we can run the ball if we really put our mind to it. Um, mm. What is something that you would like to – that you think they can that they can improve in this week's time, realistically? Because I know that there's only so much you can do in the middle of the season. But what's something realistically they can fix this week that maybe we can look a little bit better next Saturday night in Baton Rouge? Get healthy. That's that's the biggest thing. Auburn's so beat up right now. I mean, you know, taking care of your body is half the battle. But a lot of it is little stuff, uh, right? The, the snaps. I mean, you got to get the snaps down in crucial situations. I wish, you know, and and I think sometimes people make a bigger deal about this from a, a being able to do it standpoint. You know, oh, you can't take snaps under center. It's so difficult. We can ask a guy to run an RPO and keep the ball and run away from defensive end and linebackers and sit in the pocket and throw the ball 60 yards down the field. But we can't work under center taking the exchange every day in pre-practice. So on third and one, you can get up there and get two linemen behind and push the guy forward. Uh, I wish that's something they would implement. I just don't like starting, you know, five, six yards back when you need half a yard. Uh, but that's an argument we've been, you know, people have been having for a long time. Um, you know, schematically, I like the way they went back to the RPO game. Against AM. and there was a lot of choice routes. You didn't see a lot of RPOs. They kind of went away from, from their strength. Uh, and look, the passing game, it's obvious, right? Uh, Auburn, yeah. you know, I thought Peyton Thorne put some balls in some really good spots against Georgia. Uh, you know, the one to Malcolm Johnson on the sideline was a great play by the DB, but, you know, Georgia makes that catch. Um, you know, it's it's being able to have guys that can turn those 50-50 balls into 70-30 balls, and that's something that you can't really fix from the bye week. The main thing is health. Self-scouting is a big deal. Finding your tendencies um, and and being able to kind of have a counterpunch to what other people are looking at from a number standpoint. So health breaking your own tendencies when you self-scout. And there's little things that add up to big things that I think they're going to work on. It's, it's a lot of fundamental stuff. Hmm. Yes, sir. I got one more, Blake, and then we'll pass it to you before we let Jake get out of here. We know that uh, he's got supper waiting on him there at the house. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> grits, man. So with these last seven games, Jake, what is uh, – kind of just what are you expecting? What's a realistic finish here for Auburn? Well, you know, I had Auburn finishing 8-4 and four to 7-5 and five around that range, and I think it's still doable. Um, you know, you got the Mississippi schools at home. That Ole Miss game is going to be tough, uh, especially if you can't get to the passer. Jackson's doing a really good yeah. job of, of not letting intermediate, intermediate defenders uh, swap passes, intercept passes like he did last year. That was kind of his, his biggest bugaboo. Seems like up front, Ole Miss is getting more confident. Um, you know, if you can somehow win the two against Mississippi, you beat New Mexico State, you beat Vanderbilt. Well, that's seven right there. Uh, Arkansas right now. Seems that the Sam Pittman affair, the, the love affair there is kind of waning out. KJ Jefferson, even in the San Enos offense, is, is having to, is taking a beating, let's be honest. So you, you look at his health. I hope he's healthy, but he tends to kind of get beat up around this time. Um, it's going to be tough to win at LSU, man. I mean, it's, yep. it's uh, you know, the defense has been playing great, but, but that offense they have right now is absolutely humming. Um, you know, they'll be coming off that big game against Missouri. Then they got mm -hmm. Bama coming down the pipe. Do they overlook Auburn a little bit? I, I don't know. I, I tend to not, not believe in that, in, in that style of game. Uh, but if you take care of business at home, you should be able to beat Vanderbilt. There's seven right there. And then you got Bama. I picked Auburn to win the Iron Bowl. I'm telling you, man, I'm still, I still don't think that's crazy. That Georgia game made me feel even better hey. about it. Um, we'll see, uh, you know, Jalen Monroe's progression. How, how is he in that drop back? Is he going to be able to figure it out? I think he's going to have to figure it out this weekend against A&M because mm -hmm. I think they're gonna, it's going to be the struggle bus to be able to run against that front seven. Um, so, look, I think seven and five is very doable, very reachable. Um, you know, you just got to take care of business at home. Hmm. Jake, uh, drop all your content, man. Let the people know where they can find your show right before we yeah. let you get out of here, man. Yeah, it's, it's really easy. You know, we do the live show every weekday morning, uh, 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. Central. We do a Sunday recap of all the games at 8.30 a.m. Central. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we have our Saturday special that we drop with our guest picker. We had David Pollack. Um, we got uh, uh, Losing My Sean Merriman on this week. We had Jeff Foxworthy. Mm -hmm. It's kind of our game day, our version of game day that's on the channel. So go to YouTube. Uh, it's Crane & Company, C-R-A-I-N-N -N Company. We have live calls and a live chat. And uh, it's kind of sports talk the way it, it used to be. Um, it's not uh, just a bunch of screaming and let's see how crazy, you know, we have, how many crazy things we can say to, to generate clicks. We kind of just shoot it straight. So, uh, yeah, if you like ball, come check it out. Love that. Well, Jake, man, enjoy the shrimp and grits, brother, and we oh, appreciate it. I'm going to.
It's about like Red Bayou said, it's about to get awfully physical around here. <laughs> Appreciate it, Jake. Be good, man. Appreciate yeah, it, buddy. Oh, man. Oh, yes. man. Yeah, All right, we appreciate Jake Crane for joining us, man. But let's go ahead and check out some of these comments, brother. Uh, our guy Jeff Taylor here hopping in and said, Peyton had nine incompletions Saturday. Six of them hit the receiver in the hands, make you wonder what the outcome is without those drops. 100%, bro. Um, that's kind of like when we had the, uh, the question about was if you were going to run as much as you ran the ball, was Robbie the right guy? But this right here, Jeff's point, it's like, okay, well, Peyton put the balls where he needed to put them. You just – you got to make the play. And like Jake just said, um, he said Georgia makes that play when he's talking about the Malcolm Johnson play. Uh, Perry Thompson makes that play. Bryce Kane makes that play. So they're coming, man. It just is what it is right now. Yep. That's it, man. Got to have the dudes. Got to have the dudes. Good evening, Miss Devin. Devin hopping in here. The Iron Bowl is definitely winnable. I mean, every game feels winnable right now. Me and Blake said uh, Sunday on our recap show, you've played the two best defenses that you're going to play the rest of the season. I mean, in the next two, like LSU and Ole Miss, there's definitely going to be holes there that we can expose. We just got to capitalize on them. The opportunities are going to be there, Blake. We just got to make the plays. Look I, look, I think that Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, and New Mexico State, I think that stretch, I think you could go 4-0 there. I do. Yeah. Arkansas, Arkansas is imploding right now. All right, their fan base is all over Sam Pittman. They're like firing, get him out of town. Like He's not the guy – uh, they're already starting to throw out names like August Malzahn and things like that. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, that, that's a dumpster fire over there right now. Yeah, there's a guy in Idaho that uh, is looking for a job. That should probably mm. hit up. Let's see. I got Maine checking in saying, Wardam Eagle, what's up, Maine? Teresa getting in here. We appreciate you, Teresa. Wardam, War Eagle getting in here. Wardam Eagle to War Eagle. I got Chris, War Eagle. All right, just tell everybody what's up. James Barnett getting in here saying, up tempo. What's up, Blake and Dustin? James Barnett, how are you doing tonight, brother? Hope all is well with you. All right, let's see. You know, you know, Dustin, that Idaho hire, if he did go to Arkansas, it wouldn't change their program. Like, that, I mean, they would still – look, they've always been seven and five, six and six. So, I mean, you know, he wouldn't hurt or help it. So, yeah. yeah. He wouldn't That's hurt or help it. No, it would be the same. Well, I think – They'd eventually be going 0 12, Blake. I've seen, I've seen, what was it? Was it Chad? They, yeah. they, went, they went down pretty quick. Arkansas yeah, in the wrong hand, Arkansas in the wrong hands can get really, yeah. really bad. Yeah, they were going like what, two and ten? Bro, it can get <laughs> bad. It can get a lot worse there. Trust me, Sam Pittman's a big upgrade. Do y'all think Hugh would have gone for two at the end of the game if we tied it up late? Do you think yeah. Hugh would have gone? Oh, yeah. I was thinking, I was wondering about this. Um, yeah, I mean. I hope so, because, you know, at that point, it's what do you have to lose? You're playing with House Bunny. It's an interesting question, Jackson. I was wondering this. Blake says he thinks he would have. I'm not sure, but I would have liked it if we did. I wouldn't have been mad if we would have went for it and didn't get it. You want to know why he would have went for it? Because Brock Bowers was eating in the fourth quarter. All right, if Auburn scores there, we were hurt. We were banged up. Scent was out of the game. Uh, if we would have scored on that last drive and it would have got to 27-26, uh, I definitely think Hugh goes for it. Yeah, for sure. Hugh said wide receivers are going to be an emphasis over the bye week. Yeah, Devin, here's the thing. Like, I don't uh, – this is a good This is a good uh, segue to our next segment here. Um, I don't know how much it can be fixed, Devin. I don't. I just don't think the guys are here. I think that Hugh tried to tell us in the offseason that what it is. I don't want to, like, sit here and pound on these guys. I know they're trying hard. And it is It is a little bit of everything. Like, I don't want it to just say uh, it's it's the receivers. You know, or or it's Peyton Thorne or Robbie or whatever it's, or it's Philip Montgomery. It's a little bit of everything, but um, yeah, I mean the receivers are not doing their job. And go back to last live show, we did our grades after last week. That my grade probably going to go down from it would go down from a C minus. We were doing it again. I mean they, they've got to step up there. And uh, so here we're going to go. We're going to say our biggest surprises and then show me something. I don't. We didn't want to do biggest disappointments because these are college kids. At the end of the day, we don't yeah. want to just sit here and, and rag on guys. But you know, step up and show me something, kind of guys. So since we're already on it, I'm gonna just stay on it. Show me something. Seniors, juniors, upper class wide receivers, especially the ones that got one year eligibility left. Mm-hmm. Shane Hooks, Jair Shorter. It's now or never, man. There's no more ball for you. It's now or never. This was your opportunity. And there's, you're in a room where nothing's holding you back. There's still nothing holding you back. 
The only person that might be held back would be somebody like a Caleb Burton because he's just not going to get over Jay Fair right now. But if you're an outside receiver, there's nothing stopping you from stepping up and being the guy making the play. So yep. on offense, my show me something. These receivers, bro, I need a guy. I need a guy to step up and be my third down guy. What about you, Blake? Um, my biggest surprise has been Auburn's ability to stop the run, man. Uh, that's that's all we heard in the offseason was this team couldn't stop the run. This team was going to get gashed on the ground. And uh, the linebacker play, Eugene stepping up, Larry Nixon stepping up. Um, the guys, Marcus Harris, man, is having mm. a hell of a year. Yes, he is. I mean, he is flashing all across the tape. And I've been pleased with them, man. I've been pleased with them. There was a couple of third and shorts, third and twos that that they come up big against Georgia. Um, I've just I've been pleased with that room, and and I'm with you on the wide receivers, Dustin. I mean, we can't preach that enough, man. Look, that Malcolm Johnson Jr. that that ball, man, you have to catch that. And yes, it was a great play by the DB. It was, but if you want to take down, all right, if you want to take down. The, the gold standard of college football. You're David, he's Goliath. You have got to make that catch. You've got to make that catch. Nick Mardner, all right? I don't, I don't even know what he was doing in the game at that point. We're throwing a back shoulder to a guy we haven't even thrown a ball to all year. He's been banged up. And he's streaking down the sideline, and Peyton Thorne's looking at him going, hey, brother, the ball was there. You never checked up. All right, we, we just we go we go to guys down the field, and I'm sitting here going, man, why did we throw that ball? Like VAR at a and I, I didn't I didn't understand that one. It's just something's off, man. These wide receivers, I, I maybe it's maybe it's you and 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 Philip Montgomery looking for a guy to step up and make a play down the field. You know, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, but Fairweather, Fairweather had a chance to make a play down at the goal line. Uh, you know, he got both mitts on that ball, yeah. man. You got, you got to find a way to catch some of these balls. I know Peyton takes a lot of criticism and people want to harp on him and harp on him, but I thought I thought he played good enough to win that football game Saturday. I thought he played good enough to win it. I know that little the, – the ball to, um, to Jay Fair was high on that last drive. Ball. But, I'm sorry. Look, it, it hits the mitts, baby. We got to come down with it. Especially in the spot we're in, right? Yeah, Jay Ferris is our best receiver. Make a play. Make a play. Oh, uh, so who's your who what's your biggest surprise on offense? Biggest surprise on offense. Um, biggest surprise on offense. Be off- nice. I got you want me to go first? I got a nice one. Yeah, you can you can go first. I got Cam Stutz. Cam Stutz is playing well, man. Cam is anchoring that line. He was a guy that we weren't even really sure if he was gonna get the starting spot. And uh, there was a lot of questions about who was going to be that starting guard, and Cam popped right in and held it down. And it's probably he's been graded out as our best, our most consistent offensive lineman. And uh, when you run the ball for over 200 yards on that Georgia front, and uh, we did, and Cam Stutz had a big day. He was a big part of that. So my guys uh, been doing work down there. Man, um, biggest surprise on offense is Peyton Thorne a three-year starter mm. coming in and looking absolutely lost. Brian Petit, I see Jackson. That That is a great yeah. thing as well. But I'm going to go because I rode, I rode the Thorn train, brother. Yeah. And I thought when he come in, I was like, hey, this is the guy that's going to bridge the gap, right? Like he's, he's going to bridge the gap for us for two years. We're going to be competent on offense. We're going to be able to move the football. And then it come, he comes in, and it's just like he's stuck in mud, you know. And then last Saturday, I'll give him his props last Saturday. He played much better. But, man, that game at Cal and at A&M and even Sanford at home, it just kind of like it, it felt like slow motion to him. Maybe he's starting to progress a little bit and getting this offense underneath his feet. I don't know. Uh, but th- that was that was the biggest surprise for me, man. Yes, sir. Um, all right. And then – my, I'm going to say my show me something on defense, bro, is just uh, somebody on the D-line. And I'm not even mad at him. 
Yeah. Like they're doing what they're they're doing okay, but I need somebody in these last seven games to step up and be a little bit of a threat on a pass rush. I yep. said I said all preseason that I thought that Keldrick Falk would turn it up in the second half of the season. Well, we're almost there. And Keldrick's playing well. He's playing really well. He's probably gonna be all SEC freshman, right? Freshman team. Mm-hmm. Um, I just need some pass rush, man. We got somebody down there uh find a way to generate some pass rush and um I know that's kind of uh I don't need any I don't need anybody to to be to be Michael Strahan or you know nothing like that. We, we don't need another Jeff Holland or a Derek Brown or Carl Lawson. I don't need that kind of season. Just somebody, Jalen McLeod, get four and a half to five sacks the second half of the season. Get mm-hmm. healthy on this bye week and come out and get some pressure on the quarterback for us in these last seven games. Um, and then my biggest surprise on defense is just the play of the linebackers. I spoke about it on Jake, so I don't want to keep harping on it. But right. I just think that Josh Aldridge has – because linebacker was such – it's been such a position of need for us over the past three or four years. It has really fallen off. And in the way that it's going to take our wide receiver room some time to get right, I thought it was going to take a little bit more time for the linebacker room to get right. But – Aldridge is improving the guys that are already there, and he's recruiting some straight dogs. So I'm looking at guys like Reddick and Barber and saying, what are they going to look like when he gets a hold of them? So that's uh, that's kind of my biggest surprise there. It's just how how quickly that linebacker room got right. Can you can you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jackson, Jackson Blake did. did that. That wasn't my intentions. I did, man. I had to because. Man, like, does it not feel that we're a, we're we're a quarterback? Oh, I mean, I don't want to say a quarterback. Away. We're we're a quarterback play away from from competing in a wide open SEC West. I mean, yeah. come on, man! Like, hey, and listen, I, I disagree with Jake a little bit on this. Um, he just kind of the way he said it is that uh, he just doesn't think we're going to be in the ball game. So I won't say we'd be in the ball game. He doesn't think we win versus LSU. I'm not saying we win. But I think it's going to be a close to tie ball game in the fourth quarter, and Auburn will have a couple of plays that will have to be made, and making them will be the difference. Between, I think the ball game will be there for us to make. Now yeah. somebody's going to be open in the fourth quarter. Is what I'm saying, we're going to be driving the ball in the fourth quarter. Is what I'm saying. Hold on to that damn ball. You're going to have to maybe. You're going. I have a novel idea here. Score in the red zone, but there's going to be an opportunity that pops up, and we're going to. Have, I think it's going to be a tight. 24 24 30 to 24 type situation Auburn's got the ball late and, and I keep talking about it Blake I talked about it all summer right you're going to keep being in these games mm-hmm. and at some point the culture has to change and you're going to have to we didn't make the play Saturday you're, I think you're going to have another opportunity Saturday night in Baton Rouge yep. and you're just going to have to make them and if you make them and you come away at four and two and we're all smoking cigars, celebrating another, you know, back-to-back dubs in Baton Rouge on Saturday night. I think we're sitting pretty, bro. And then you're coming in with Ole Miss coming into town, another defense where the, all of the opportunities are going to be there for sure. Devin, I see your, uh, I see your comment. This is actually part of my final thoughts, so I will get, uh, I'll get back to this one here at the end. Uh, let's see, what we got us here. Morning says, shout out to Elijah. He's playing well in his role for sure. I mean, listen, I um. I think everybody's playing really, really hard. Like, again, to Elijah's playing hard. Larry Nixon, he's not come off the field lately. He's playing his ass off. Uh, Eugene's playing his ass off. Kane Lee's had to play a whole bunch of snaps as a true freshman. There's a lot of guys that are playing uh, playing really, really hard. There was another one up here that I want to get to. Uh, Jackson says, do you think Coach Hugh Freeze is keeping Peyton out there as an investment for next season at this point? Uh, I'll touch this for first, Blake. I don't because the way that college football is now, um, that whole QB room could flip next year. Like, I'm not sure who will be there. I mean, Robbie's, uh, you look at Robbie and Peyton, you say, okay, they're out of their transfers, but like Zach Calzada was out of his transfer, right? Um, TJ Finley, like he used to transfer. So they, uh, there's ways to get out of that kind of stuff. And like Calzada just took a step down. And if Peyton Thorne, if this season continues to go the way it's gone for Peyton Thorne, I can't see Hugh rolling back into him being a starter next year. I don't see that. Then the question would become whether you can get Robbie or, or whether it's Robbie or Holden. And so far, based off of what we've seen with Robbie, I don't think Coach Hugh Freeze trusts Robbie to run the entire offense. So then that only leaves Holden, and that's just a big unknown. So uh, 
No, not at all. I think that he thinks that Peyton Thorne is the best option to win games right now and to run the entire offense. And I think you kind of saw that in the second half of the Georgia game. And I think that they like some things that they can do with Robbie and they're going to continue using them. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think that Hugh Freeze is worried about next year when it comes to any quarterbacks in the room right now, as far as uh, them being the guy next year. I think when it comes to that room right now, he's just trying, trying to win some games. I'm not saying he's not trying to get a guy like Holden ready for down the line. But as far as, like, that much thought into it, no, Jackson, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I say this every Saturday, man. Look, I'm, I'm not outing anybody or anything like that, but I hear every Saturday, like, hey, Robbie needs to play. Robbie needs to play. And, and what do I say, Dustin? What do I say? I don't think Hugh trusts the guys behind Peyton to run the full offense, and that is why I don't think you see him come in the game uh, that much. And, and look, everybody's wondering, why did Robbie come out of the game in the short yardage right before half? All right? Everybody's like, oh, well, why did we pull Robbie? Why did we pull Robbie? I don't think there's a whole lot of trust there. I, I just don't. I might be completely wrong. Yeah. But when he trots Peyton back out there, I was like, oh, no, man. Like I, I, That was the last spot I wanted to see Peyton in. Just because of, I felt like Robbie was having success, man. And so I do feel like there's trust issues there. And that's why I don't think you see Robbie as much as everybody thought that they might see him. Yeah, I I still wasn't a a big fan of the the third one there. Uh, Chris Causey says, Alex McPherson with a 61-yard or 64-yard field goal. That was actually a guy that I wanted – I had wrote down, I forgot, as a a surprise. Not that it's a surprise, but you just don't know with a new kicker. You have no idea. We had seen a little bit of him last year, and he had done well. Obviously, a a highly touted guy coming out of high school. You had heard great things, um, but you just don't know, and he's been money. So, yeah, definitely shout out to McPherson, man. It's nice to have that in your back pocket to know, okay, I got three right here. Um, So, definitely I agree with you there, Chris. Devin says, so do you think they try to bring in another transfer in the offseason for QB? I say, hell yeah, Blake. What about you? Yeah, I think Holden transfers. I, yep. Yeah, I don't think Holden, as of now, I can't see Holden being here. Um, now, that this could, this is just, this could change drastically. Yeah, yeah. That's just my, yeah. that's, that's right. a guess for me. I just think, yeah. I just think he's in the, like, the kid wants to play, bro. Like, yeah. I, I think he wants to play. All right. And uh, I just, don't see him getting that opportunity. So I think he's going to do the best thing for him. And I think he might go somewhere else. Yeah, for sure. And uh, if it keeps going this way, I don't know how many of the guys in the room you do see. Maybe Hank Brown hangs around for a little bit longer just because he was going with to Liberty with Hugh Freeze, right? So he, he likes Hugh Freeze. I think he likes Ken Austin. So, I could see Hank Brown hanging around for a couple of years and maybe trying to win the job, that kind of thing, um, before he goes. I don't think he might he might not leave after the first year, especially if some of these other guys might leave. But I'm not sure if that's uh, if that's the case. We'll get to some more of you guys' uh, comments and questions here in a second. Uh, but look, guys, Home Field Apparel dropped some new Auburn gear this week. Uh, it's been a while. I dropped two new good-looking shirts. So mm-hmm. if you have not used the code UPTEMPO, uh, it's all caps, go over to homefieldapparel.com. Use code UPTEMPO and get 15% off there, man. Also, it's not just Auburn gear. They got stuff for everybody. So Christmas is just a couple months away, guys. Go over there and get uh, use that code, man. Help yourself out. Help us out. Also, go over there to the warportshop.com. You can get you the Level Up UPTEMPO shirt, man. That's where our merch is. Go over and check them out. That's the warportshop.com. You can go there and get that T-shirt. Help us out, man. And let's see what else we got here. Blake, you want to talk to the people about these memberships real quick, brother? <laughs> yeah, Dustin. Um Guys, if you're interested in becoming a member, just get on your uh, get on your desktop and hit that join button uh, right there next to the subscribe button. And you can get the JV squad membership for three ninety nine a month and you can see all of the things listed there. If you're on audio, uh, we're going to be having early access to videos, uh, priority reply to comments, member shout outs, things like that. And if you want to go a step further, get over there for the varsity squad at five ninety nine a month. Uh, the recruiting update videos with Dustin and and I jump on a couple of them here and there. Um, we go around every Friday night and watch some watch some dudes play some high school football and hopefully all of you have been have been enjoying those. Uh, and then we have a game day group chat. Look, if you're interested in joining that, 
Uh, shoot us your Twitter handle. We will put you in the game day group chat. We discuss everything that's going on during the game uh, and gameplay with you. Hey, if you're interested in playing some Xbox, shoot us some gamer tags and then watch the film Auburn baseball. We got some exciting stuff coming up with some of those dudes. And I tweeted out one today with uh, with Tanner and Coop. Uh, they're interviewing the transfer guys, the new guys and stuff like that this year for the baseball team. So I uh, got to see a little bit of their interviewing skills uh, and they did a damn good job. Yeah, we look forward to having those guys back on the show too, man. You know, we're going to pound the baseball. They got fall ball coming up, so uh, we might mm-hmm. have them guys. Well, we'll do something with those guys. And uh, you, you mentioned the group chat. Uh, that's We have it on the on the uh, the thing we just showed there. We have it on the varsity squad, but that's for JV as well. Yeah. So uh, we've only we've got like six or seven guys in there, man. And it's fun. We, we're enjoying the group chats we've done in the last two Saturdays. Our guy Michael's in there always cutting up and having a good time. Hey, Michael be throwing down, bro. Michael was just always yeah. – putting up his food. He's got a nice little setup there with the pool and the grill and the flat screen and everything. So, uh, and we're in there just goofing off, man, having a good time. So if you are a member that's not in the group chat, get in there with us, man. Mike, Mike was a good receiver himself. All right. I went to school with Mike. I've known Michael a long time and Mike was a good receiver himself. Uh, so he, he knows a little bit about what Auburn needs at that position, brother. Yes, sir. He says that membership is definitely worship. We appreciate you, Michael. We definitely do, man. All right, Blake. We got seven games left. Yep. For uh, so our last segment here, we want to get into this and uh, just kind of look at these last seven games. How? What's the best case scenario for Auburn? How can we? We predicted eight and four, Blake, and yeah. that's still there. Um, as we're sitting here now, I've kind of, I kind of, I, I'm, I'm looking at seven. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at seven. That's the number I got circled and saying, let's get to seven and five, and then let's get a, a Music City Bowl, a Tax Slayer Bowl, something like that, and uh, let's go in there and maybe play NC State or Wake, and let's get that, you know, boom, 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 and then eight and five, and then it's on that top ten class, and then you got that schedule open the next year. And I think, I think that's the kind of finish, especially you start winning some games on the back half, People aren't going to go, oh, well, it was Vanderbilt. Oh, well, it was Arkansas. We're just going to be happy to be winning games. You know, so there's an opportunity to go on a nice little streak here and really build some momentum, not only for obvious the obvious points of winning games, but you build momentum in the back half of the season as recruiting is coming down to the wire too. I mean, these battles are really starting to heat up for these guys. You got Jamonte Waller, big five-star edge, just popped up on campus. Uh, he's committed to Florida. We were in the boat for him a couple months ago. He commits to Florida. Well, he pops back up, and interesting things being said. Nope. Jake, Jake handed out a little something there with KJ Bowl, and I'll let y'all read in between the lines there. Hey, did you see his comments? Hey, just read in between the lines. He, he said, I'm still committed to Florida State, but I look at Auburn differently now. Like, all right. I'm, I'm telling you, it's the only thing that could have went better Saturday from a recruiting standpoint is obviously winning. But everything else, man, like the way it went was perfect for you to go in there and say, you see what I need? I just need you. Mm-hmm. And we can do that. We've already got the facilities. Y'all have seen, y'all have seen the facilities. Y'all have seen the $100 million football facility. All those guys, y'all seen everything here. Y'all just saw the 88,000 strong. Y'all saw what this crowd can bring. You saw what this energy is. Wait till we start winning, man. All I need is you. And, and- we, put, we put on Saturday. Dustin, you know, that's that's my biggest thing, too, is when people get mad at Hugh for getting on the podium and saying, I just don't have the guys right now, all right? And we hear that some of the guys, you know, might be getting upset or whatever. We just don't have the guys right now, all right? Well, you saw Saturday in the second half exactly what he was talking about. He's not downing his players right now in that locker room. He's just telling the truth that, hey, I got a bunch of two stars and three stars, all right? Mm-hmm. And they've got four stars and five stars. And one of those five stars, he beat us, all right? And you saw Carson Beck, who I told you, all right? It might sound like a crazy take when I said it, but Carson Beck is more talented than Stetson Bennett with his arm. All right, he can't run like Stetson, but he is going to be a dog at Georgia. All right. And he grew up Saturday in Jordan Hare. He made throw after throw after throw. The biggest one, in my opinion, was like the third and six when they were inside our red zone. And Eugene uh squared him up in between the numbers and he delivered that dot. All right. Like the kid grew up. That's the difference, man. Our 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 first 
our first unit out there, yeah, we got some dogs out there. All right, but they got a two deep. They can go even even in, into a three deep if you really wanted to. That's how deep they are. Like it's it, that's what he means by that, and that's what the pitch was recruiting this weekend is. Hey, I just need guys, man. I just need guys. Yeah, Teresa says I think uh, maybe losing was better than winning for recruiting. If we win, do we need them? By losing, we can say all that's missing is you. Although it's probably good either way. Um, no, no, Teresa. I mean, obviously, like losing close, you can say, okay, all we need is you. It's definitely a good thing. And all the recruits have said that. Uh, Saturday, damn near went perfect from everything that we've seen and heard from a recruiting standpoint. But um, no, because if you win, then Hugh's just saying, I'm already beating them. Yep. You come here and I don't struggle versus Cal. I don't struggle versus AM. You come here and I'm undefeated. No, you yep. can you can sell that either way. At that point, Hugh says, I'm winning with these two stars. Let's go win a natty with the five stars. So. Uh, yeah, but as Teresa says, he was just being silly. But, I mean, you know, it is it is a fair point. Uh, let's see. Uh, James Barnett says, fellas, Coach Hugh Freeze, when asking the presser, said he wished Robbie is more – is used more based off of what he played. So, is that just coach speak or is that head coach doesn't trust Robbie? It, it, I mean, yeah, you kind of got – you kind of hit it on the head here, James. He's just not going to come out and, and pound on a kid. He's not going to do that. Who who in the uh, – somebody in the in the upper comments mentioned that a minute ago. Um, da, 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 da. somebody kind of threw out that there might be Mike. Mike, he said, "Do y'all think Montgomery loves Thorn, favors Thorn, and Coach Hugh Freeze favors Robbie? Do you think there is that going on? Like, do you think hmm. because yeah. I mean, it 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 kind. I mean, I don't know. It kind of looks like that. It kind of looks like the rotation is just." I don't know. I didn't like the I didn't like the swapping on the third down. Uh, yeah, right, yeah. I didn't like that. I absolutely hated it. So, but I don't. I, I can't say like this guy likes this guy, that guy, or I'm not comfortable making that uh, making that assessment without knowing what's actually going on in the locker room. And yeah. here's what here's here's what I'm confident saying as far as their relationship and the play calling that this week or last week, the Georgia week and Saturday. Hugh Freeze was more involved in the game plan leading up during the week and mm. that he was heavily involved in the play calling and the script and what was actually going on uh, on the field during the game. Hugh Freeze had a, a much bigger hand last week than he has, and that's all I know. I don't know any more than that, so I'm not comfortable really getting yeah. on uh, what, what guy likes what guy. I don't, I don't know enough about what's going on. All right, so, but, yeah, Blake, um, looking at these last seven games, like I said, I think that coming into LSU, I think it's a close ball game in the fourth quarter. Right now, I don't know which way I'm going to lean. I'm probably going to end up picking LSU just based off of until we start making those plays in those kind of moments, I'm not going to predict us to make them. I'm going to have to keep predicting us to not make the plays until I see us make that play. But that's kind of, so that's kind of where I'm leaning as a close loss. But even in that scenario, I've talked all offseason, right, about the Gene Chizik first year scenario where you started off five and oh because you had a very manageable five games. Then you mm -hmm. had a tough three. Gene drops all three. You go to five and three. And then you come home on Halloween and play an Ole Miss team. You've lost three in a row. You beat that Ole Miss team. You get to six and three. You lost a close game into the Iron Bowl. You know, you you did everything you could. You were just out man. You just didn't have anybody to guard Julio, right? Um but you gave it everything you got, and the and the team got as at the end of uh, Gene's first year. You said, "Okay, coming off of the disastrous five and seven last year of Tubbs, now you're eight and five. We won the we finished seven and five. We won the bowl game versus Northwestern, and then you signed a good recruiting class. And I'm not saying that next year who's going to go to the Natty like Gene Chizik did. Obviously, that was a special circumstance where you had a senior offensive line, a Nick Fairley and a senior defensive line, and then obviously one of the greatest college players, if not the greatest college player of all time, came down and blessed you, right? So, and shout out to whoever made what happened behind the scenes. But <laughs> you need to but, drop that one of, right? Yeah, drop that one of and just say the greatest player. I, I hear you. I hear you. Um. I would say that I will say the best season when we get in a player, you know, one season. Yeah. Okay. But um, I'm just saying, man, even if we lose to LSU, the scenario is still sitting right there. We've seen it before to where we can still get to the seven wins, 
win that bowl game, get to eight. Maybe you can get the eight, four, and win the bowl game and get to nine type thing. I, I don't know about that one right now, but there's we can still finish strong. And after LSU, Blake, I'm going to stand by this. And maybe this is stubborn on my part. There's no way Ole Miss is beating us, bro. There's no way that Ole Miss is coming into our house with the with how that stadium's gonna feel, with how that fan base is gonna feel, and be, they're just not gonna do it. If ours, if I've seen our stadium a million times, boost us up in games where we're outmatched. We're not even that outmatched in this Ole Miss game. The energy that's gonna be in that stadium, there's no freaking way. Then you got Mississippi State. That's five and three right there. If I told you before the season, hey, five and three, the first eight games, you take it. Absolutely. So as frustrating as it'll be with a bye week here and then say you lose to LSU, you're like, damn, when's the last time we won? But it's a lot of football left, bro. And then in that back half, like, Arkansas is looking more and more manageable every day, like Jake said. Uh, you can't drop the ball at Vandy. New Mexico is what they are. Like, you can really go on a streak here, man. Uh, so from I just think that defensively it's just about staying healthy, doing what you've been doing. We've still created a turnover in every game. Keep doing that. but. As I look at it, Blake, uh, I think we get to seven. Y'all might. I think, we, I, think, I think we finish four. I think we finish four and three. Y'all might bash me for this. All right, y'all might. Y'all might say I'm crazy for this, but I'm bugging, and I rock with the orange and blue, and I love the Auburn Tigers. And I'll tell you straight up, Mississippi State. Vandy, uh, Arkansas, and New Mexico State. That's four wins. All right. I had us in in our preseason losing to Ar- to Arkansas at Arkansas. All right. I was sitting here saying, man, we're not going to be able to stop the run. They got Rocket Sanders. They got KJ Jefferson. Look, we're beating Arkansas. All right. We're beating Arkansas. So that right there, you're three and two right now. Those four games. There you go. All right. Now. Do you beat LSU at LSU? Look, LSU, they're vulnerable right now, all right? They just lost at Ole Miss. They gave up 700, almost 800 yards of offense the other night. This is – we thought the 2020 LSU defense was bad. This might be the worst LSU defense we have seen since pre-Nick Saban. They don't want to hit. No, they're terrible in coverage. They're awful, all right? So, this is – this is – one of the worst LSU defenses of my lifetime. I'll put it to you like that, of my lifetime. All right? Mm-hmm. So, is that game – yeah, I know it's at night. Yeah, we haven't had a whole lot of success since 99 down there. Uh, we should have won a couple more games than what we have down there. You know, we've only won the one with H- Harson. Go, go go, figure. Harson's the guy to win down there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, <laughs> um, but – I don't think we can count LSU as a for sure loss. Mm. And then if you beat Ole Miss at home, like there's still potential in this season. We just got to, like Jake said, we got to get healthy. We got to use this week, the bye week, to get healthy. Even if you drop Ole Miss, all right, you're three and three. I mean, you drop LSU, you're three and three, all right? You beat Ole Miss, all right? Four and three. Beat Mississippi State. Five and three. I mean, come on. Now you're looking at Vanderbilt. Right. You're six and three. Then you look at Arkansas. You're seven and three. New Mexico State, you're eight and three. And you're going into the Iron Bowl. Now, you can sit here and tell me I'm booging all you want to, but I'm just telling you there's a possibility it plays out like that. If this team beats Ole Miss, they're not losing again until possibly the Iron Bowl. There you go. Okay, I like that. Before we get out of here, man, we're going to get in these comments. I'm not going to argue with you, brother. I'm not. And I can tell you, even, I, even if we lose to LSU, I think we're going to go on a roll after that. And even if we lose to Ole Miss, what's that mean? You still go on a roll. Um, um, Jackson, talking about LSU. They got Missouri this week. Luther Burden, top five wide receiver in the country. Mm. Right? A dog. He is going to eat yes. that LSU secondary smooth up. Yeah, for sure. That's so. That's kind of my thing with these defenses. Now you can run it on these guys too. You can run it on LSU. You can damn sure run it on Ole Miss. But there's going to be some passing plays there. We're going to have to hit some of them. 
I don't know. If you run the ball, we've ran the ball for the majority of this year. I would say when you, when we want to run the ball, we run the ball well. Mm-hmm. Um, 150 passing yards. 150 passing yards, clean, no turnovers. I don't know if hell. 14 for 19 for 152 yards with a TD, and then run the ball the way you ran the ball versus Georgia, and you beat LSU. That mm-hmm. similar versus Ole Miss. Just hit the plays that are there, man. But yeah, I'm with you, Jackson. I, that's a <laughs> that might be the one to. Uh, whew. It was actually- Eric. Eric Pearson says it was actually Bo that beat LSU, not Harson. Eric, you are a member. You watch the show, brother. I ain't giving neither one of them credit, brother. I ain't giving neither one of them credit. Devin says we are beating. We are so beating on Miss and definitely Mississippi State. They are bad this year. Yeah, Mississippi State is trash. Um, there's no way that Auburn's going to lose on my birthday. Not going to happen. And so we're definitely beating Mississippi State. And I could just, yeah, I'm with you, Devin. We're beating. We're beating Ole Miss too. Uh, Michael says we are beating Ole Miss. I bought some tickets on the 50 yard line for cheap because hey. Michael, I'll be there too, close to the 50 yard line. So hit me up, man. Let's hang out. Uh, Cusmo Jimbo says Vandy has expectations. I just need Vandy to get a scoreboard. James Barnett says, fellas, if I'm not mistaken, Coach Who Freeze is eight and one coming out of the bye against Power Five teams. Oh. This is the part that interests me. So uh, that thank you. That's a great stat, James. Um, we got some stuff to fix on the bye. I think the offense looked a lot better. After after one week of Hughes having his hands in it, right? So how does it look now with him having the bye week and then the obvious week of preparation for LSU? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm excited about this one. This is another reason why I think we can go steal this game. And then, like Jake said, we're kind of sandwiched in between some big games for them. Um, if they, I guess, if they lose Saturday, you might be getting LSU in wounded animal mode. But even, but it's also, it also could be. You're getting a three and three LSU team that might be giving up. Right, because they had big expectations, right? They were a top five, top ten team coming into the they thought they were gonna win the SEC. And now all of a sudden they're three and three. They might we might be the final nail in the coffin type thing, too. So it's very interesting that they have that their game. It's at Mizzou, correct? I believe so. Yeah, it's it's at Missouri. That is an interesting one for sure. And Jackson says LSU won't be motivated now that they have two losses. And that's my thing. If they get to three and three, those big expectations they had, uh, yeah. Eric says it was hard. It was hard to lose another one to UGA. I'm not in no more victories, but I was really happy that we didn't get blown out. We had a chance to win it in the fourth, and that looked like progress for Damn Eagle. Yeah, Eric, I agree with everything you're saying here, brother. Uh you, like I said before, you watch the show. You know me and Blake are not sunshine pumpers. We're not more victory guys, but we know where this program is. And progress was made Saturday. As frustrating as it is that we got down bad enough to where we have to accept moral victories, we got down bad enough to where we have to accept more victories. Man, I, we're not going to be here much longer, dude. We're climbing out of this bullshit right now. This is unfortunately where we're at. It's not fun. Uh, I know we have a super chat in here, Charles mm-hmm. Allen. What's up, Charles? I just. Hey, Charles, man, we really appreciate you, brother. Like, telling you guys, share this out on social media. Charles does it for us every episode. It really does help us a lot. Uh, Charles says, we are going to beat LSU. Their defense is terrible. I'm leaning that way, bro. I'm leaning that way. It's possible. Yeah, I'm definitely thinking it's a close ball game in the fourth, uh, and I might just mess around and pick over. Let me see what LSU does Saturday. With that said, I think we go to LSU with Robbie and PT and our defense and shock them. If that happens, we will beat everyone, including Bama. Maybe I'm booging. Book, James? I'm booging too, James. Book, James? I think oh. Alabama loses this Saturday. Get mad. Mizzou, the real dealer, fool's gold. Okay, so I'll touch on this one first, Blake. I I don't know. When, I, when we were doing our preseason predictions – I wanted to say like eight and four is for Mizzou, and I went with seven and five. And they're just a weird team. It's like it's like they have some they have some nice pieces. They do some good things, but they still do Mizzou stuff. And I, I still I'm still I want to believe in them, and then, and then I expect them to do some Mizzou stuff. So this Saturday is a big test for them. And is LSU perfect? No, but just the name LSU. Now there's a number beside Mizzou's name. Okay, they're ranked now. And now they have a big-time powerhouse program that's still very talented coming into their stadium. This is the biggest stage Mizzou's been on in a couple of years. 
How do they handle it? I think we find out the answer to this question Saturday. Look, I, I know Eli Drinkwitz gets a lot of – he catches – look, I'll say it. He catches a lot of shit, okay, uh, from the corny uh, reactions, like over the recruits and everything and all that. But I love it. I, I think he's a hell of a coach. Uh, I, you look at what he inherited at Mizzou, it wasn't great. And it's taken him a while to get things going. But look, man, like they were also in a bad, bad spot. All right. They were in a bad spot. They weren't winning. All right. There was some things going on at the university that weren't great. Mm. Like it's just taking him a little while. And now he's starting to reel in. Can you imagine how hard it is to recruit at Missouri? Right. I mean, come on, man. Uh, But he's getting kids to stay home like a Luther burden. All right. And uh, I watched the thing on Luther Burton. They were like, man, why did like why did you pick Missouri? Like you could have went to Alabama or Georgia. And he was like, because I am Missouri. Right. He was like, I am Missouri. He was like, I grew up here. Like, I, I want to be a hometown kid. Right. Like, I want to be a hometown hero. So for Eli Drinkwitz to get that uh, onto campus, I think he's got a veteran quarterback. Is Cook the greatest? No, he's not. But he's he's veteran. He's played in a lot of games. Uh, he's played in big time atmospheres. He beat K-State this year and they booed him the first possession when he ran out on the field. All right, so he had, he overcome that with his own fan base booing him. All right, and he's got weapons now. All right, their offensive line isn't near as bad as it was. Their defense is stout. I'm not sitting there screaming that they're going to win the East, but they're a competitive team, man. Like they're going to play in a nice bowl game. Uh, I think they. I don't know if they beat Tennessee. Um, Man, do they? I don't. I don't. They don't beat Kentucky. They don't beat Georgia. I mean, eight and four. They might. Maybe Kentucky would be a good game. That's gonna be a fun one. Yeah. If they win this weekend, if they win this weekend, I might be all on. I might be all on board uh, the Mizzou train. Yeah. For well, see, Chris. Uh, Chris calls here. Guy. Chris says, "Will be nice to just go to a decent bowl game and win it this year." Chris, this is a dream, bro. This is a dream. A bowl trophy. I hope so, man. I hope Honestly. So. Honestly, I'll take six and six and go into a bowl game. And I mean, winning that, yeah, and winning that thing. Winning it and just getting the extra practices in, man. Like, yeah. I'll take that. All right. So we're going to wrap this thing up here pretty soon. Uh, Devin had a comment earlier, and this kind of ties into my final thoughts. So I'm going to give my final thoughts, Blake, and then let you close us out and bring us home, buddy. Um, so Devin says, listening to the war report yesterday, and they talked about how well we are run blocking and that we need to lean into the run. If that's what wins us games and do it, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah, so I watched, I watched, that was on the morning drop, uh, Monday morning, and that was, uh, Ike did that one, Ike Jones. And he was basically just talking about how we're the, we're leading the SEC in rushing right now, and you're five games in. So when you get five games into a 12 game season, you can look at your stats and say, okay, this is probably who you are. Things can be improved. You can build off these things. And, you know, but like we knew going into the season, Auburn didn't have a whole lot of pass rushers. And guess what? Auburn's pretty near the bottom in the SEC in generating pass rush with its front four. Like these things are what they are. Um, so that being said, we can run the football. There are times when we get away from running the football. And I think back to the AM game. Now I'll give you, you know, I'll give it that we got down and you got to, when you get down by too much in the second half of a game, especially with the new clock rules, you got to start throwing the ball. I get all that. But um, Devin, I hear you. And it's time to do it. And it's time to lean on it. What you saw Saturday, it needs to be the rest of the way. And I'm fine with it being, I'm fine with Peyton Thorne being your quarterback uh, because it looks like it could work Saturday. But if that's going to be your game plan, and then it gets to the point to where maybe Peyton Thorne's not being effective, then make the move to Robbie. And this isn't about – this is not me saying that Robbie should be the starting quarterback. The point I'm making here is if for these next seven games, if Auburn is going to be a run first team, then do whatever it takes. And I'm not not even saying it has to be the change. What I'm saying is is that if it gets to that point, your identity for these next seven games – has to be run the ball. So whatever it takes to move the sticks, it has to be. But what I don't want to see us do at this point is try to force a passing game that's not going to work. We have to pass the ball enough to make defenses honor it, sure. But I've seen enough. The guys aren't there in the wide receiver room. 
They're just not there. There is a ceiling to how many yards a game Auburn can pass for versus elite SEC defense because there are not enough guys. There are really zero. I'll just say it. There are zero right now. That doesn't mean some guys can't develop. I'm looking at you, Cam Brown. There, But there, right now there are zero guys on the outside that we can depend on. That's why they put Nick, Nick Martin in the game, Blake, because they're desperate. They're just trying to find something. So I just don't think it's there. There's a ceiling, about 150, if everything goes right, 170. To what, to what I, to the max, perfect. I think you can get to 150, 170 for the passing game. That's not good. But tell me I'm wrong because we haven't thrown for over 100 in our last five SEC games. It is in the DNA of Auburn football to run the damn football. There's mm-hmm. no rule against it. It's not illegal. Run it down their throat. Go into Baton Rouge Saturday night and run the ball down their throat. That AM game when you came out with, what, seven runs of the first eight plays or whatever, all night. If they're not stopping it all night. I watched Kenny Irons in Baton Rouge run for 200. Let Jarquez go. Let Batie go. Batie's that dude. Let him go. Let Cobb go. Let Nine go. Run the ball. 250, 300 yards, whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes. Because I know Hugh Freeze wants to pass the ball. We don't have the personnel to do it versus elite teams consistently. We just don't have it. Bryce Kane, Perry Thompson, they're on the way. Malcolm Simmons, they're on the way. But they're not here yet. So, and we've seen enough. Auburn runs the football. There's nothing wrong with it. For these next seven games, Blake, line up, punch these people in the damn mouth, and play Auburn football. And let's get to seven, eight wins, man, and establish an identity. We can do this thing. And because of our because of our uh, our lack of depth and uh, being thin on defense, it helps the defense. Grind that clock and keep our guys off the field. We can't be getting into shootouts with these kind of teams. Um, let's lean on that defense. Let's grind that clock. Let's win dirty, grinding. Let's muddy up these games. And let's play some Auburn football, Blake, to finish out the season. Hmm. I like that, Dustin. Good piece right there, brother. Um, one thing I want to say is, for all the guys, uh, the seniors and the upperclassmen on this football team, uh, there's still something to play for. This season is not dead yet. All right, are we going to the SEC championship? No. Uh, is there something to play for? Yes. There's there's groundwork to be to be laid, and I think if you walk into a Baton Rouge and you get a dub, uh, th- that speaks volumes. If you beat an Ole Miss at home, that's a top 25 win. All right. That speaks volumes. If you go on that winning streak, those four games that I just mentioned, that speaks volumes. If you welcome Alabama into Jordan-Hare Stadium for an ass-whooping, that speaks volumes. All right? Mm -hmm. There's still a lot to play for. To all the fans out there who, after games, we're criticizing coaches and we're doing this on Twitter and social media. Man, look. These dudes played their hearts out against Georgia, all right? Was I upset? Yes. Uh, look, I sat right over here with my TV on, all right, on my bed, and I hung my head for a good 45 minutes to an hour. And then I called my dad, and I said, Dad, we should have won. And he said, yeah, tell me something I don't know, you know. And uh, he said – you know, I, I'm I'm 58 years old. He said, and we're we're we've lost our last seven against them. You know, he said, my clock's ticking. Right. And, uh, he said, I'm tired of it, and I'm just not going at coaches or or players or anything like that, man. We just don't have the dudes right now. All right, but they're coming. Like Dustin said, they're coming. I'm damn proud to say that two receivers from my area, my hometown area, are coming to help the Auburn Tigers. I'm so excited to see these two guys get to Auburn because then you'll see playmakers on the outside. Now, I'm grateful for what we got right now, all right? I know those dudes are trying to get it done, but it's year one. Everybody relax. We're going to be okay. 
you saw it last Saturday. Look, we had some Georgia fans even get in our comment section on the last episode and say, hey, y'all got a guy over there, all right? I had one of my Alabama buddies text me the other day, and he said, hey, he said, y'all might have lost, man. He said, but y'all got a guy, all right? And he said, and it ain't going to be long before that Iron Bowl means whoever wins it is going to the college football playoff you know, an SEC championship game, if they continue to do the SEC championship and all that with the – if they go to these pods or whatever they're thinking about doing. Um, but we're going to be competing to get into a 12-team playoff. And uh, I truly believe that. So, everybody just take a step back, deep breath. We're going to be okay. Um, we might take a lump here and there, but it's going to happen in year one. All right, this ain't Brian Harson over on the sidelines. And uh, that – that moment where he ripped the headset off, man, that spoke volumes to me because later on that night, I watched Nick Saban finally for the first time this year. He lit into Alabama's rear end, bro, and he said, hey, it, it's got to stop, all right? It's got to stop. That's what coaches do, man. That's what the greats do. There is a There is a time during a football game where you have to chew ass, all right? You have to. You have to. You have to get into him, all right? And when we couldn't line up and Hugh ripped the headset off and he was fed up, he said it's been happening way too much, all right? That that shows a sign, man. It shows a sign that we're headed into the right direction. We're going to be okay, all right? And to everybody that watches this show, me and Dustin, we thank you. All right. We thank you. We thank you for getting in the in the live chat. We thank you for all the donations and the memberships and and the super chats and everything like that. We appreciate it. This thing has grown way faster than what we thought it would. Right. And we thank Ike and Mike and all those dudes over there at the War Report. Uh, we're extremely grateful. And uh, I can't say enough about you guys just on game day and everything, man. On Tuesday nights at seven o'clock, we get after it. And, uh, and I know we run over an hour, but it's worth it to talk about the team we love. Right, Dustin? Yes, sir. No, uh, it, it's been a blast, man. Like you said, it's grown way faster than we were ready for, and uh, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Real quick on your point about, uh, like, the guys that are on this team. I haven't forgot Chris Todd, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, he was a pillar in turning something around. Was was the 8-5 and five season that he was a starting quarterback of, was that the greatest season in Auburn history? No. But he didn't mail it in. He had a good season, and uh, he won a bowl game for us, and he, he won some games for us, and I remember that season well. And, uh, you know, if you have reasonable expectations and know what, you're, what you should be looking for, then you can find a lot of joy in watching your team get better. And, yep. you know, in three years, we'll be, we'll, be, we'll be saying something different. Yeah, going into the next year, I'm going to start judging things a lot differently. Yep. But right now, man – I think this program is getting better, and it's fun to see. I enjoy talking about it with you guys, man. So uh, we will be back Friday, 10 o'clock. You already know the deal. If you have not liked the video, do that. Subscribe to the channel if you have not. Share this out on social media. And, uh, yeah, man, tell somebody you love them. They might need to hear it. We'll see you guys Friday at 10 o'clock. War Damn Eagle, baby. War Damn Eagle.